630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 630 Chad. tell you what's going on in the NHL tonight because we have nine games on the ice. The Canadians still up 2-0 on the Sabres. They're now into the third period. Bruins and Blue Jackets are 3-3 after two. Rangers leading the Islanders 2-0 after 40 minutes. Devils and Panthers even at one. That's in the second period. Also in the second frame, Detroit up 3-1 on the Lightning. After the first, the Blues 1-0 over the Wild. Jets on home ice in a 1-1 tie with Carolina after the first, also after one. Capitals one zip up on the Penguins, and with about seven minutes left in the first period, Dallas leading the Ducks 1-0. Baseball, game five, Nationals leading the Dodgers 1-0 in the third. Early second quarter in the NFL, San Diego 7-0 over Denver. You are caught up on the Crystal Glass scoreboard. Crystal Glass for all your glass needs. You can call 310-GLASS today. Bob Stoffer from Calgary in about 20 seconds. Uh, some text that came in during the news. Uh, Kelly Rudy is the biggest Calgary homer there is. Pretty much unlistenable. That is from Todd. Sean says, holy smokes, folks, game one and disaster is looming. Nurse is a D-man. It takes longer. Let's hang in there for at least 30 games, and then let's see. Dickey says, I love the game last night. I think some of the fans need to be traded. LOL, the trade talk never ends. Oh, and the squirrel says, I don't know how a squirrel got his hands on a cell phone or his paws on a cell phone. Uh, home opener to home opener, eight players stayed the same. How about we give the changes made a chance to produce before we light the torches and uh, change the pitchforks? Uh, yeah, who who played last night that also played in last year's home opener? I have last year's home opener box score. Slepeshev, Latestu, Pouliot, Nugent Hopkins, McDavid, Sekera, Clefbaum, Talbot. Yeah, that is eight, though some guys are uh, still on the roster. Bob Stoffer has made the trip down to Calgary. Hey, Bob, thanks for making time for me, man. Yeah, just listening to some of those texts. Didn't the Oilers win the game last night, 7-4? I thought so. <laughs> it wasn't pretty. Uh, you're going to see games like that at this time of the season. And there's a lot for the coaches to work with, but Reed, I mean, they did find a way to win in a highly entertaining hockey game. It was a fun game. I mean, I'm sitting up there. It, you know, it, it's two one five and a half minutes into the game. Um, I, I mean, I know that from a from an Edmonton fan perspective, you don't like seeing two shorthanded goals, but that's a pretty rare event. You had a penalty shot. You had one of the best players in the game take control to make it to make it five three when it was three three. Yet you had a rookie score in his in his first game. It, it was it was pretty fun, but uh, man, people are worried about Darnell. Uh, Eberle's taken some flack in the last uh, half hour. I'm I'm surprised. I'm experiencing this level of disgruntlement tonight. Well, I don't think Darnell's played great. Uh, I thought Darnell was a tad passive last night. And I don't expect that to occur tomorrow. I think Darnell's going to play with greatest, greater assertiveness on the ice. Uh, the Brandon Davidson thing to me is interesting. We talked about this in Vernon, and I know Jack Michaels and myself had a very 
engaging conversation during the second intermission of that game after Tanner Pearson uh, hit Brandon Davidson. I don't know if you recall what I said, but basically I said that Brandon Davidson, the next time he plays Tanner Pearson, is going to have to two-hand him across the wrist because Tanner Pearson is the goal scorer. And I said to Jack that, that Brandon Davidson needs to show that he's not easy to play against. And earlier in that game, Matthew Kachuk has this little thing that he likes to do, and I saw him do it junior, where he crowds the crease after whistles. And he's got a thick ass, and he sits there, and he's got you know wide shoulders, and he plants himself, and he becomes a nuisance. And, you know, I mean, personally, I, I think he's going to be a very good player. I don't know if he's quite as tough as his father, but, Reed, he has real gamesmanship. I believe that gamesmanship is going to get tested tomorrow night because I think that uh, Darnell Nurse is going to play a more assertive game. And, uh, you know, I, I think that, there's, you know, it's funny. Darnell Nurse, you'll remember this, we were in Penticton. He, he, for some stupid reason, Rasmus Anderson decided to challenge him in that fight, and Nurse worked him over pretty good. And so the Calgary Flames had a scenario where Darnell Nurse's first exhibition game a year ago was in Calgary, and they sent Hunter Smith after Darnell Nurse. And Smith took the fight. Clay Cameron tried to jump in. Darnell Nurse took the fight, fended off some early shots from uh, the six foot seven Hunter Smith, and then proceeded to bust his face wide open. And I don't know if Darnell Nurse, as an example, hypothetically was to engage and challenge Matthew Kachuk if Kachuk would do him the honor of doing battle in that scenario. But I do think that the Oilers will make it difficult tomorrow night when Kachuk tries to play a little bit of his act. And you, you still got to win the game. You still got to play. Has Darnell struggled? Yes. I think Darnell's played too passively. I think Darnell is focused on playing, but I think part of what makes Darnell Darnell is that edge, is that intensity, is that nastiness. And, uh, you know, I got a lot of tweets to read in the last two hours, thanks in large part to Darcy McLeod, Wood Guy. Not pleased with him either. Might punch him in the face the next time I see him, but <laughs> joking. No, like you know, everybody's like, oh, you know, there wasn't enough. You know, you had you had Lucic immediately after McDavid got drilled in the play by Derek Lang. England challenged him to a fight. Let's see, this is a marathon, not a sprint. But let's see what happens tomorrow night. Yeah, yeah, I, I've got an email here from Guy to Inside Sports at 630Ched.com because I am of the position that you don't have to send Nurse down to the minors right now. I still think oh. he's a better option than. I mean, I don't think that he's the 10th best defenseman in the organization that you have to send him down. Uh, guy says, sending Nurse down doesn't mean you're throwing in the towel. It just means you recognize he isn't NHL ready yet and needs more development. His game last night underscores that reality. So I see sending him down as a positive, not a negative. The NHL isn't a developmental league, so let Nurse develop properly in the AHL. Uh, Guy, I'm not bringing this up necessarily to argue with you, but actually Todd McClellan said in, a, in an interview the other day in a scrum that he says the NHL has become a developmental league because he says you have to have young players in your lineup and they sometimes you have to select some of them to learn on the job, basically. I'm paraphrasing. Yeah, well, you know, it's interesting, Reed. Uh, you know, Adam Larson's first game as an oiler, he was very effective in a shutdown role. Strong in the puck, knock guys around a bit, knock guys off puck, stop cycles. He did his job, and him and Clefbaum looked pretty good. The much maligned Chris Russell, who the analytics types seem not to like, 
went plus three and had two assists, did a good job breaking that play. Now, the Flames had 53-54% Corsi last night. They had the puck more than the Oilers. They did. But you know what? The Oilers, uh, last night, the Oilers had the better finishers. Calgary's goaltender struggled and Brian Elliott. And I, I, I can tell you what's on the front page of the paper today. Con job. That's what's on it. So here we are in Edmonton talking about Darnell Nurse and what's perceived as a lack of response by a 21-year-old because his defense partner got sort of slew-footed by a guy who we know is a uh, antagonist on the ice, Matthew Kachuk. And we'll see what sort of response there is in time. And you had a game by Connor McDavid that folks down in Calgary think he stole, and to a certain degree he did. And the positives that the Oilers had in the back end with Larson and Russell, I mean, they were able to transition the puck. They actually had better scoring opportunities, Reed, than the Calgary Flames. They might not have had the puck more, but they had better scoring opportunities in that game. So there's a lot of positives. Hey, if they lose five in a row, hammer away. But a 7-4 win, and we're picking on a 21-year-old defenseman. That's strange to me. The the Corsi stuff is uh, interesting to a degree. I would suggest that when your team is trailing 3-1 after the first period, you come out with the mentality of throwing everything on goal. The Flames had nine shots in the first four minutes and 19 seconds of the second period. And uh, don't forget, they scored two of their goals uh, uh, shorthanded. And without those happening, we we may have a different storyline as well. I'm getting into what-ifs, and I don't want to go down that road uh, too much. Bob Stoffer joining me, Inside Sports on 630 Chet. Uh, okay, um, uh, if it's me, Bob, I play Griva tomorrow. Where are you at with that, with Davidson on IR? Based upon what we saw in practice today, I think we're going to see Fane. And I think they got to give Fane the first opportunity. Frankly, I get where you're coming from. Okay? Uh, I'd have absolutely no problem if Eric Riva played tomorrow uh, in a pairing of Darnell Nurse. But I think it's going to be Fane and Nurse. And Fane has to step up. He was signed here. And, if you know, he's at the stage now in his third year. He's got two years left in his deal. He has to play well if he's going to play either here or somewhere else. Right? They can't trade him if he's not playing well. He's got to give him something because he's an expensive price point. Oh, and by the way, he's one of those Corsi darlings out there. And this is, this is the battle. I, I, I think there's a place for applied statistical science in hockey, but you still got to be able to have, uh, you know, watch the player. And there's certain guys that maybe have better secondary stats than they, like Martin Marincin, I, I don't like what happened in how the orders moved him out, but there was something there with the player, but not to the degree that all the Corsi types thought. Somewhere in the middle was the truth. Mark Fain, the Corsi guys love. Sometimes coaches don't like, you know, slow, softer. He's not a tough defenseman, right? Soft defenseman, uh, and he's got to play up a little bit more edge as well. So I think they will go with Fain, Reed, but I totally get where you're coming for going with Grava. Frankly, Grava completely outplayed Fain in the preseason. And by right, should be starting, but I think they're going to give that first opportunity to Fane. And I'd like to be right. I'd like to be wrong. All right, Bob. I, I appreciate it. I know you'll be at the morning skate, so we'll get. Are you doing your show from Calgary, or what's going on? I yeah, I think so. Well, we have Brad Trailing on tomorrow from Calgary. Uh, it's interesting. There's this is becoming an arms race between these two teams. Two organizations got a lot of young, talented players. Some guys picked in the same range of one another, competitive with one another. But the Oilers have Rogers' place, <laughs> and uh, so I, I have a feeling Calgary is going to be pushing pretty hard. And 
there is already a bit of a sentiment because McDavid was so special Reed, and I know I got lots of texts from guys around the league last night like, Bob, enjoy this because it's going to be special. And I, I think Broiler fans, they're smart enough to recognize that as well, Reed. Uh, and we should mention Jack Eichel, uh, six to eight weeks with an ankle injury, according to GM Tim Murray. So unfortunately, Sunday... It will be Buffalo-Edmonton, but we will not get uh, Eichel McDavid. And Evander Kane got hurt tonight as well. He crashed into the boards at the end of the second period. It did not look good. He had to be helped off the ice. But Tim Murray's really smart. He signed his contract extension uh, the day after Jack Eichel got hurt and is out for two months. So he's he's making sure he's getting looked at. Because you know what? If they don't have Eichel and they don't have Kane, that's two pretty explosive good forwards. I mean, obviously Kane's been a bit of a disappointment terms of consistency-wise, but there's something there of the player, and Eichel's special, so that changes the complexion of the matchup, surely, against the Buffalo Sabres. Got to get past Calgary first. All right. Yeah, it'll be fun, Bob. Hey, thanks for coming on, man. I'll let you get back to, uh, I'm sure you're watching a variety of games tonight, oh, man, so have fun. Dinner. Oh, we're going for dinner. All right. Well, enjoy. All right. See you, bye-bye. Bob Stoffer checking in tonight, uh, Inside Sports on 6.30, Chet. I'm, I'm just going to read this. And, and look, I don't want to come across that we can't talk about Darnold Ar- 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 Nurse or that I'm offending him because he has not he has not played great. Ab- absolutely truthful. Jim Bob texted and he says, all four goals against Darnold Nurse was on the ice. Please don't disregard that. Jim Bob, please don't text things that aren't true to the show to make your argument. All right? Darnold Nurse was not on the ice for two of Calgary's four goals. He was on for the other two. Okay? So, if you're going to make your argument, again, you're entitled to your own opinion. You're not entitled to your own facts. It's 719. It's Inside Sports on 630 Jet. Your home for breaking news and expert opinion. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Jet. Glad you're tuning in tonight. So Brandon Davidson on injured reserve, upper body injury, not a head injury. Slepeshev and Cassian switched spots at practice today, as as you know they moved around last night during the game, obviously. But it was Cassian with Nuge and Pouliot and uh, Slep down to the fourth line with Pitlick and uh, Latestu, and of course. Uh, you factor in Cassie, and that fourth line provided a little bit of offense last night because Pitlick got a goal as well. John is on the call-in line. Hey, John. Hey, Reed. Man, what a great game. Eh? That was just so exciting and a spectacular opening. How could anybody be down about that? Holy cow. 7-4, and, and you know what? Uh, for me, I like the way that Cassian and Pitlick and Maroon play. I mean... It's been a while since we've had guys that are third or fourth liners look like that, and and Cassian looks like a totally new guy. He he just tore by us on that uh, breakaway that where he got the beautiful goal. And as far as the defense goes, uh, Adam Larson is outstanding. And people got to remember that Darnell Nurse is terrific on taking a person and checking when he's one-on-one. He goes with that person. He has the skating skills to do it. And he follows them. He doesn't get deked out, and he eventually rubs them into the boards, and that's the end of that play. And so, just uh, just let the defense. You know, they're gonna uh, do a little tinkering with the pairings, and I think that's okay. But I mean, overall, way better than last year. I ought to give them a ten, a seven out of ten last night. Most most of last year was about a four out of ten. 
Yeah. Can I make one football comment? Yeah, of course. Um, the, I think the CFL has to give up on this miking up thing. It adds nothing. Uh, I agree. Irritation. I totally Why agree. Why don't they try fixing the schedule, Reed? Schedule's oh, awful, not just for the Eskimos. It was a bad schedule. Personally, I think the CFL maybe just gave up because a lot of teams were keep... Requ- like, uh, Len Rhodes told me that there were over 20 different versions of the schedule. So teams obviously yeah. kept saying, no, we don't like that, we don't like that. So I think the league finally said, to heck with it, you're accepting this, rather you like it or not. But clearly it could have been better. The Eskimos weren't the only team with an extended home and or road uh, session of games, Right. I right. mean, I mean, you don't want four. You don't want four in a, 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 a away on the road. You also don't don't want four in a row at home because a lot of times fans oh. will just pick one game, and that's the only that one they'll go the to. Eskimos a lot of money because the July games are not very as well attended as once we get into late August, September, October. You know, and I know they take a financial hit on that, but and the league is just. And it's and you're right. It's just it's not our only our team. It's just about everybody has a problem. Now look, the Eskimos they they should have done the Mike thing. Moss should have done it. But but I I do agree that it it hasn't added anything for me. So anyway, oh. anyway, John, uh, keep up the good work. Enjoy the show. Okay, we're gonna fit. Uh, well, let's fit Jim in here as well before we go to break. Kellen, hey Jim. Yes. Yeah, I'd like to talk about the refereeing last night. I watched the game. And I don't know how they uh, they come to uh, give a penalty shot to McDavid. He really pushed that thing. Come on now, let's face it, that's not a penalty shot. Well, it was marginal. I'm I'm with yeah, you there. He did. He he pushed it a lot too, and he can get away with it. See, but did you see what the, what they were doing to the uh, the best Calgary player, Johnny Goodrow? A guy, a guy pulled him down and not even a penalty. Okay, Jim, you want to have this debate? Did you see when Milan Lucic got high-sticked in the mouth and they didn't call it? I mean, we can go back and forth. Well, and what well, Who's your favorite team, Jim? Over. Who's your favorite team? Ha, not, not any in Alberta. Okay. Thanks well, for calling, buddy. Well, what about... Uh, Appreciate it. 780-496-0063. we got a break for the news. We'll talk a little bit about Austin Matthews' amazing debut and uh, the Blue Jays getting ready for the ALCS with our friend Andrew Walker when we return. This is Darius Bowman from your Edmonton Eskimos. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. Darius Bowman and the Eskimos on a bye week, even though they still got fined. They will play again next Saturday, October 22nd at the BC Lions. 3.30 for the pregame show, kickoff at 5. BC plays Winnipeg this weekend. Uh, I mean, it's it, it's possible but tough for the Eskimos to still weasel their way into second place in the uh, West Division. The, uh, the Eskimos uh, looking a lot better over the last three weeks, though, and Bowman leading the way. We'll have to do that uh, topic some night. Who's the MLP of the Eskimos? Riley or Bowman? I mean, it's easy to pick the quarterback, right? But Riley's or Bowman's been pretty outstanding. Yeah, we might want to wait a couple more games just to see here, see how that shakes out. I think they do the initial voting after week 18, don't they? So I think the team finalists will be coming out pretty soon. Oh, okay. Anyway. Well, if we had to submit right now, I'd say the quarterback, but... 
you know, you make a good pro- a case for Bowman as well, right? And Riley's uh, on pace to have one of the best seasons. I mean, a top five, six passing season all time in terms oh. of yardage. So, isn't he on on par for like five thousand oh. yards passing? Or uh, something, or no, something? it's over. Uh, it's over six thousand. Isn't over it? Over six thousand, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Which wow. is good. Which is good. All right, it's uh, 7.36. We're going to talk a little Blue Jays and a little Austin Matthews, but first, the scoreboard update. Oh, I forgot to get the song. Oh, well. The uh, Canadians lead the Sabres 4-1 late in the third. The Bruins are up 4-3 on the Blue Jackets late in the third. Halfway through the final period, Rangers have a 3-2 edge over the Islanders. Devils and Panthers 1-1 after two. Also after two, Red Wings with a 3-2 lead on the Lightning. In the second period are the Wild and the Blues at 1-1, are the Hurricanes and the Jets with Carolina up 2-1, are the Capitals and the Penguins tied 1-1, and after the first, the Ducks and the Stars are even at 1. The uh, Nationals still up 1-0 on the Dodgers, middle of the fourth, San Diego leading Denver 10-3, that one with about two minutes left in uh, the first half. So there you go. You're caught up on your scores. Oilers and Flames tomorrow on 6.30, Chad. 5.30 face-off show. The game will start at uh, 7 o'clock. All right. And the Blue Jays play tomorrow night. So uh, Toronto's all a buzz because uh, a certain hockey player had a pretty good game for the Maple Leafs as well. And to talk about that from Sportsnet 590 in Toronto, talk show host... Andrew Walker. Andrew, welcome back to the show. How are you doing? Really good. Uh, always good to be back on in, in Edmonton. I, you know what? I was going to be there. The plan was to be there uh, in game one last night, but the Blue Jays um, kept on winning, so I can't justify leaving this city right now. So there you go. Well, it's uh, it's got to be a fun time in Toronto as well. So I'm curious. Uh, I mean, you host a show. Was it Matthews Mania? Was it Let's get ready for the Blue Jays uh, series. What's what's going on? It, it was a little bit of both, but I'll be honest. The show today uh, gravitated to Austin Matthews. It was uh, it, it was an historic night last night, and and hey, like wouldn't you know the timing? The timing worked. I mean, the Jays dumped the Rangers um, so quickly, uh, and and so the, the, you know they get time off, getting ready for the American League Championship Series begins tomorrow that, um, you know, the Leafs season opener got to stand alone. There was no baseball of any kind. Um, you know, there was no football until tonight. So there was a large audience to see what Austin Matthews is going to do in his NHL debut. And what he did was something that nobody has ever done. Um, you know, Gretzky, Lemieux, Lindros, Crosby, McDavid. So you can imagine um, not everybody in, in, in Toronto met, met this thing with, uh, you know, a, a realistic type of outlook expectancy, we'll say that. So it was it was fun to be on the radio today and, and talk about this. I'm curious, the, the Leafs, I mean, it was an incredible individual performance, uh, but the Leafs didn't get the win. Did that matter at all, or was it just like, great, we saw a window into the future, we'll take that for now, even though it's not two points? You know what, like Milan McCulloch or Jake Gardner could have scored in overtime last night and the Leafs win, and the story is no different. Um, like, I, you know, I, I do the show, I'm, I'm, I'm no Leaf fan, I grew up out west, uh, you know, so I'm kind, of, I'm kind of impartial in all of this, but uh, I work with a lot of um, producers and audio editors that are born and raised Toronto, so I come in and people are just, I mean, it's like... They won the Stanley Cup last night, and people are hugging and talking about Matthews and blah, blah, blah. And, and, and my role in the whole thing was kind of say, you know, guys, 
you lost the game. <laughs> I mean, and it was amazing. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but no, they don't care at all. I, you know what? It, someone tweeted me today, and I, and I thought they summed it up well because I asked the question like, "What? Like, it's amazing. Yes. What does it mean?" And and it's it, what it what it means. It means for a long suffering fan base and, and Edmonton and, and Toronto. I know they hate each other, but you should be able to identify a little bit together. Um, it, it it's a it's a sense of validation that you're finally headed in the right direction. It means that the light at the end of the tunnel, if you're a Leafs fan, is no longer an oncoming train. It's actual light, and that makes sense to me. Uh, well, that that is a that is a great way to put it. And, I, I mean, you're right. In pro sports, you can either sell victory or you can sell hope. And there's only one team a year that ultimately gets to sell victory, right? So, yeah. so uh, yeah. uh, hopeful nights last night, I think, for both the Oilers and the, and the Maple Leafs. Well, I should ask you, did you stay up for the Oilers game? It got going pretty late, well, here, but especially out there. Uh, I, I did. Um, when, when it looked like it was out of reach uh, after uh, after Pugliarvi scored, I uh, I shut her down because it was getting to be about uh, about one in the morning over here. But I watched. Um, yeah, I watched all of it. The puck didn't drop till ten forty five, which is ridiculous. But I wanted to see the new arena. It looks great. Um, I thought, you know, what an amazing night for the NHL in the sense of Austin Matthews does what he does, and then you know the star of the game, Connor McDavid, does what he does. And he's just on another planet. Uh, w- w- as they open up the new arena, you know the the NHL is good and and in pretty good shape after that. And and I, you know, even I was kind of reminiscing today. Last year was such a miserable year of hockey because it was not. I mean, different levels of nightmarish, but no no Canadian market enjoyed it last year at all. And, you know, you had, in, in a lot of ways, in some markets anyway, here you had the Raptors to distract, you had the Blue Jays playoff run to distract, but no Canadian market had a year where they could really be proud of. And in some cases it was, you know, Montreal and Toronto and, and, and Ottawa. It was, just, it was just disastrous. And we saw TV ratings fall as a result. And, and you know, there was no market that, that was overly happy. And so to watch what we watched last night, I think, was a reminder how exciting hockey can be when it's going your way. Andrew Walker joining us from the Andrew Walker Show on uh, Sportsnet Radio in Toronto. By the way, great name for the show. I mean, I love how you. Came yeah, it's up really. Yeah, uh, it's really. We had our our whole team working on that yeah. clever name. Yeah. So, somebody, yeah. somebody yeah. in marketing gets two hundred thousand dollars a year to come up with that. Oh name. yeah, it's focus groups and yeah. <laughs> It's a sham. Um, you're right. When it comes to uh, hockey, there's not a lot of unity between Edmontonians and Torontonians. But baseball is a different story. And the Blue Jays, um, that dramatic victory to get past the Rangers, uh, now kind of uh, waiting a little bit here, getting set to take on the Cleveland Indians. I mean, look, baseball's such a funny thing, right? Because you say, well, the Blue Jays were the wild card team. Cleveland won the division. Five win difference, right? I mean, a win a month. That, 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 that's basically what separated these two teams. And uh, you, I mean, you gotta like the Jays pitching again going into this, right? I, you know what? I mean, at the risk of, of being careful what you wish for, um, I I love this matchup with Cleveland. I I think this is the Jays series to lose, and it's different because that was a, a an entirely different feeling, you know, that I had going into last year's ALCS against. Uh, the Kansas City Royals. I mean, the Jays, you know, get through Texas and the Game 5 bat flip dramatics, and, and then it felt like they were playing with house money. Okay, Kansas City is the reigning uh, American League champion. Um, they want to get back to the World Series. They're the best team in the AL. You know, can the Jays give them a run for their money? And they did. They went to six games. Game 6 and KC came right down to the wire. 
but Kansas City was just a better team in that series. Um, I don't feel the same this year. I don't feel the Jays are playing with house money. I mean, it's been a sure it's been a successful season. You're you're into the ALCS. It's so hard to get there, um, but they can they can beat Cleveland. Cleveland is you know where they were atop their division thanks in a large part to their starting rotation. And two of those guys, Carlos Carrasco and Danny Sellers, are, are hurt. We're not going to see them in this series. They're a good team with a great bullpen, and, and they grind out at bats. But in terms of the starting pitchers, if the Blue Jays' offense remains as confident as it has been you know, over the last four or five games, Corey Kluber's a legit pitcher, and then they got Trevor Bauer and, and, and Tomlin, Josh Tomlin starting game three, and then TBD in Game Four. Um, it's it, you know the Indians pitchers just can't hang with the Jays rotation. They're going to have to win in different ways. Well, and and that's encouraging, and that's that's a great thing to say about the Blue Jays uh, going into this. I mean, we started off talking about a popular Toronto a- athlete. Let's end with this one. Where does Josh Donaldson sit in the pantheon of great Toronto athletes right now? I know it's, I know it's only two years, um, but, but I mean, I, the, we had the game on at uh, Thanksgiving dinner on Sunday, and I said to somebody, you know, people love Josh Donaldson because he plays like a hockey player. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know, I, I think there's a lot of layers to that in terms of, you know, why, why, the, why the fans love this guy as opposed to that guy. Um, Donaldson last year, owned this city. Um, it was his city. He he was the reincarnation of Kelly Gruber, except except to a greater level. Uh, guys wanted to be him. Girls wanted to be with him. Um, you know that like and 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 he was the MVP. And Alex Anthopoulos, who was also the man of of the hour last year, got him somehow from from Billy Bean in Oakland for a song. Right, and, and Josh Donaldson was the MVP in a year that they finally got back to class for the first time in 22 years. This was his town last year. And in a lot of ways, it still is, although he wasn't the main reason this year. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot of other guys that played a role, the starting pitchers. Um, but in, in the Pantheon, um, by the time it's all said and done, he's going to be on the, on the level of, of excellence. I don't think there's any doubts. Um, you know, he's he's only the second guy in team history to win MVP. Um, like I said, the way he was acquired, the way he kind of embodies, you know, the, the cocky, um, you know, spirit of this ball club. Um, I wouldn't go as far as say it's his team. I think it's Troy Tulowitzki and Russell Martin's team. But Josh Donaldson is a guy that is still under team control. They're going to lock him up to a long-term deal, hopefully at the end of next year. Um, he's right up there, and, and um, that I would say that play where he scampers home on uh, on, on a moment's notice to, to win them game three and sweep the ALDS, it was just vintage Josh Donaldson aggressiveness. So, um, yeah, they they love him. They love him. They, I mean, you know, there's a there's a cautious love right now with Jose Bautista um, because he's so aggressive. Everybody loves Edwin Encarnacion. They will love Aaron Sanchez when he turns into the next Roy Holiday. Here, it's uh, it, it, it's tough to find a lot of negatives when you're in the American League Championship Series. That's for sure. Well, it's going to be fun watching that, and uh, you know it'll be fun watching Austin Matthews. I think too, whether uh, people listening right now love or hate the team that he's on. Andrew, always great to have you on the show, buddy, and I hope we can do this again soon. Yeah, absolutely. Game one on Friday, and then uh, I'll tell you what, next week here in Toronto, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, they will host, and it's going uh, to be electric.
this is Oscar Clefbaum from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to the Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 6:30. Shad. A young man by the name of Neil Yakupov has scored for the St. Louis Blues tonight. The goaltender he scored on is a young man by the name of Devin Dubnik. As the uh, St. Louis Blues lead the Minnesota Wild 2-1 late in the second period, Lori Korpakoski has scored for the Dallas Stars. They're up 2-1 on the Ducks about halfway through the game. A little bit of an update there. Uh, the Blues are here right away, aren't they? I Week think so, towards tonight. the end of the month, aren't they? Week from tonight. Week from tonight, there we go. Neil Yakupov and the St. Louis Blues will be in town. Which would be towards the end of the month, because we're getting close to the end of the month and Halloween and spookiness and everything. All right, thank you for the calendar update, Kelly <laughs> Kennedy. <laughs> Neil Yakupov uh, took the puck over the blue line, down the left wing, took a slap shot, and it uh, went in. He didn't shoot wide by 20 feet for once. What's his jersey number in St. Louis? 64. 64, so he went back to 64, eh? Okay. Went back to 64. There you go. 14 more, and the Oilers get a second-round pick. Tech's coming into 630-630. That is true. If Yakupov gets 15 or more this season, the Oilers get a a second-round draft pick instead of a third-rounder. So a lot of people cheering for him to, uh, to get to that plateau. I don't know how many Zach Cassian is going to get, but he got a nice one last night. Zach Cassian will recover it for Edmonton, and it's chipped off the boards, off to Connor McDavid. Lost it briefly, then got some help. Long pass, Cassian's got a breakaway. Walks in, backhander, score! 3-1 Edmonton, beautiful drag move. Zach Cassian gives the Oilers a two-goal lead. Yeah, it was one of those where uh, their D kind of fell asleep for a bit, and uh, Clef made a great heads-up play, and... Uh, on a breakaway, it's a it's a 50-50, and uh, I got lucky and uh, was able to get it under his pat. How many moves you got in your bag of tricks? Maybe you don't want to tell me, but that one worked. A couple, not many to choose from. <laughs> that was like a mini Matt Hendricks paralyzer almost. Yeah, yeah, we were laughing about that afterwards. Endo's rubbing off on me a little bit. Looked uh, today in practice anyway that uh, I'd be promoted up with uh, Nugent Hopkins and Pouliot. And, you know, you've had a strong training camp, uh, Zach. You've talked about how you're just in a, in a real good place off the ice as well as on the ice, and it showed. Uh, how much more confident, how much more effective do you feel as a player right now? Uh, I feel good, um, but at the same time, I know what I am to this team. Uh, I know what I have to do every night on a consistent basis to, to help this team, and that's not scoring 30 goals. So um, I know my role, and obviously uh, things happen in a game where lines get changed around, but uh, my game can't change. I need to play the same way, and um, obviously when you're playing with those players, you might get a little more offensive looks, but other than that, I need to keep the, the same physicality and be responsible defensively. There were, I mean, a couple of moments last night, obviously Milan fought uh, England, and, and I know a lot of fans uh, anyway seem pretty unhappy about the Kachuk play on, on Davidson. Does that uh, resonate with you guys going into tomorrow's game on your minds at all? Well, that was, it's, it's the game within the game. Those things happen within the game. Obviously, the, the Battle of Alberta um, has, a, has a good rivalry uh, way past from uh, when, when I played. And um, there's always going to be stuff that boils over out on the ice. And um, obviously, it's a new game in Calgary on Friday. And they're going to be pretty upset that they lost their one. So they're going to give us everything uh, they have. And we have to match that. And, and when two teams want to win, stuff boils over. So it'll be a fun game to play. 
you've talked about how you know, when you're playing well, you're getting under the skin of the other team as, as much as you are being effective offensively and defensively. When you see a young player like Kachuk who comes in who seems to want to bring that element up, is there a way to counter that? Do you look and say, hey, I don't want to let the young guy try to get under our player's skin? Well, I think it's one of those things that it's, again, the game within the game. I think uh, as a team, we need to know... Um, how the game is, when we need momentum, when we don't need momentum. Um, like I said, there's so many things that play into the factor. And uh, we'll be ready to go on Friday. Uh, and we're not too worried about one player, especially a 18-year-old rookie, whatever it is. How did you feel uh, you did on the penalty kill? Uh, getting more comfortable? Yeah, slowly. Uh, I haven't killed uh, many penalties growing up, but uh, it's one of the things... Um, I really want to take a lot of pride in. Um, it's something that I want to get a lot better at, and uh, I'm improving every day, and it's something I really want to grasp, and, and like I said earlier, take a lot of pride in and get better and help the team in that in that aspect. Did you, guys, did you feel you guys did a good job along the boards last night, maybe keeping puck possession and grinding a little bit? How would you assess that? All right, all right. I think... Um, there was times where we had strong cycle plays, but there's a lot of times where we were maybe cheating for offense, and with their mobile D, uh, if, if we cheat and we don't get possession, they're off and running, and their D are jumping in the rush. So that's something we need to clean up, and uh, there's no doubt that we'll do that for, for Friday's game. Zach Cassian expected to play higher in the lineup tomorrow. He practiced with Nugent Hopkins and Pouliot today. Oilers and Flames on Ched tomorrow night, 5.30 face-off show. The game will start at 7. Still ahead, we'll talk a little Golden Bears hockey. They have a big weekend series coming up to get their season going. And a man who worked with Guns and Roses, engineer Jim Mitchell at 8.30. 6.30 Ched, Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Ched.